You are listening to Faith Church's sermon from this week. We are a church that is committed to loving Jesus for life and loving others to life. We hope that this message encourages you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Some scholars believe this is a hymn back in, this was a hymn that they sang back in the day. It starts with the highest point. In verse 6, you heard Andrea read, who being in very nature God. You cannot get much higher than that. And the Apostle John puts it this way in John chapter 1. The Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it ends with this high in verses 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. But it's not in the high moments that I want to talk to you tonight. It's in the low moments in verse 7. Verse 7 reads, like this. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Some translations say he emptied himself. Now, of course, we need to start with a little history here. Emptying himself is of rank and power that he had in heaven, not of his deity. In essence, he added humanity to his deity. In essence, the word in the Greek here for servant is the root word of something that we have here at Faith Church. It's the root word of deacon and deaconess. And it means to get the work done, to do the ministry, to get your hands dirty. That's what Jesus did on Christmas. When it comes to being a servant, it's usually built around a mission. According to God, we have some missions here in this room. Every one of us who are born, who are here to live on this earth, have a mission. I'm going to unpack these in weeks to come here at Faith Church, but for time's sake tonight, I'm just going to show you them. Here's the first mission, Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Then in Mark 12, verses 30 through 31, Jesus says the following words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second greatest commandment is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these two. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, he says these words, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, if you're like me, you read that last verse that's on the screen, and it's, there's a reason why it has its own screen tonight. Are you kidding me? Jesus, have you lost your ever-loving mind? You want me to be perfect like the Father is perfect? I don't like that. It makes me cringe inside. Why? Because I fall short of all of these things. And you do too. 
That's why God's word is very clear that says these words in Romans 3.23, all, all, everyone who breathes and walks on earth has fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody does it perfect. From the top down. In fact, when you come to the cross of Christ, there is only one standing ground. No one's higher than anyone else. I don't have a special red phone in my office, much to some people's chagrin, that I can call God on a one, one line and just ask him for anything. And neither do you. We don't make the cut. That's where Christ's mission comes into play. His mission is this in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man, he came. He came to seek and to save the lost. Now, the first thing that we need to acknowledge, and this may be hard for some other than, uh, harder for some than some others, and that is, is, is that we need to acknowledge that we are the lost ones. I don't feel lost. I know right where I am. I'm at Christmas Eve service and I'm listening to you, Pastor Brett. I know right where I am, but you are lost because you don't make the cut because you're not perfect and neither am I. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that he came to seek and to save the lost, not just to look for them, not just to seek them, but to save him. And that's why he emptied himself from all the riches and all the glories of heaven and added humanity to his deity. Because unlike any other God, Jesus did not want to be a God who didn't know what you go through. You cannot go to him with anything that, said, that he says, I, I really do not understand what you're doing right now. Because he experienced it all. We are the lost. Remember, he gave us the mission, but we cannot complete the mission because we need someone. And that someone is him. So Jesus comes and he empties himself and takes a servant role and shows us what's so marvelous about Christmas. And here's what it is. Number one, Jesus is what is marvelous about Christmas because of his perfect birth. His perfect birth. Did you hear in the story of the birth announcement of Jesus that he was born to a virgin Mary? We pass over that a lot of times and we just kind of make no, no mention of that. But that is a very important doctrine of the church of, of Jesus Christ. She had to be a virgin because when two sinners come together... Not to get too graphic this, morning, this evening, but when two sinners come together, they make another sinner. You can't have two sinners that get together and make a perfect baby. I know we all think our baby was perfect when they were laying in the hospital. They weren't. They bit. They did things that they shouldn't have done. I didn't have to train my kids how to be bad. They kind of learned it along the way. It just happens. But in this perfect birth, as we've heard tonight, the virgin birth, 
It's so key to the Christmas that we celebrate. Because if he's born to sinners, he's a sinner like you and I. He misses the mark. Number two is Jesus is what is marvelous about Christmas because of his perfect life. We know throughout the Gospels that that Christ lives a perfect life, which is equally as important as a perfect birth because any sin will make him a flawed lamb of God. He will not be able to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. Here at Faith Church, we don't just celebrate Christmas. That's why there's a cross up on the stage tonight. We're going to be going through Philippians chapter 2 for the next three weeks. Because it's the essence of Christianity. It's the essence of our mission. It's the essence of Christ Easter. You can't celebrate one without the other. His perfect life led him to a cross to die for you and I because we are imperfect. And then last, Jesus is what is marvelous about Christmas because of his rescue plan for you and me. You see, what makes Christmas marvelous has nothing to do with you and I. Sure, it's, it's nice to decorate and watch with excitement as friends and family gather, but that's not what makes Christmas marvelous. What makes Christmas marvelous is what has been done for you and me, a fallen people, a people who are flawed and were given a perfect Savior by a loving God. You see, it's not what makes Christmas marvelous. That's the wrong question to answer. Here's what I came to the conclusion. It's who makes Christmas marvelous. It's not what makes Christmas marvelous. It's who makes Christmas marvelous. Do you know that the first requirement of Christianity... is not behave. The first requirement of Christianity is to behold. It's to behold the gift that has been given to you. He doesn't come out of the chutes and start saying, behave, listen to my rules. No, that's what the Pharisees did. He comes out and says, would you behold me? Would you focus on my presence? And would you open the gift? There's this teaching that's going on in the world today that says, well, he did this all for us so that we can all experience heaven. And it's a false teaching. He did it all for us. And he gave us a gift wrapped And he said, would you open it? Would you open it? To have a personal relationship with me? He didn't do it and say, you can just go on doing whatever you want to do. No, you got to behold. You got to focus. You got to love him. You see, it's presence over presence. Catch that? Presence 
aren't what's important. His presence is what's important in your heart and in your life. So he gave you that gift on Christmas morn. So this Christmas, if you already know that Savior, focus more on him than all the other makings of a marvelous Christmas. Would you do that? If you know him. If you don't know that Savior, by all means, come and speak with me or someone you know who does know Jesus. Because again, friends, it's not what makes Christmas marvelous, but it's who makes Christmas marvelous. That's what's important. Why did Jesus give up all of this, all of the splendors of heaven for you? For you. For me. Imperfect as I am, he gave me the greatest gift that he could give. And tonight, as you celebrate with family and as you think about this message, I hope, would you consider opening the gift? Would you consider just saying, you know, I always thought it was about behave. But that pastor, that pastor, he had a point about the behold. Would you behold him this evening? Let's pray together. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. We thank you for this reminder of how great you are. We thank you for the fact that you came and you emptied yourself of all the marvelous things that you had at the right hand of the Father to come and to be born not in a four-star or five-star hotel, not in gold beds, not in all of these things, but in a manger. Because there was no room in the end for you. Lord, I pray for each and every heart that's here tonight and also watching online. Lord, if they have not made it right with you, if they have not opened the gift, I pray they will tonight. I really do. I ask you, Lord, to help them to see how important it is to behold you. Behavior is not the first thing you want us to change. Beholding you is the first thing we want you, you want us to do. Thank you, Lord, for that gift that you've given. Thank you for all that you have done for each and every one of us. We pray, Lord, that you will minister to us and give us a Merry Christmas this Christmas. No better Christmas gift than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For, Lord, it's in your name we pray this all. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it encouraged you in your walk with Christ. You can find out more about Faith Church at wearefaithec.com. 